Adam and Eve were the the vice regents, right, of the earth, right? And they were yeah, God's kingdom. Queen. Yeah, of God's kingdom uh, creation. They failed. They got kicked out. And Jesus being the son of man, once again, his humanity, the human there, is now taking that spot mm-hmm. and is, is going to rule and is ruling. And so I think that's just kind of interesting, the parallel of this phrase does not mean like it's both end. It is he is the perfect human. He is a human, but there's more wrapped up because he's also God in the phrase. Welcome to the Pondercast. Let's get pondering. Welcome back to the Pondercast, everybody. My name is Perry Sins, and they know who you are by now, Perry. I'm Drew. He's Perry. We're here to talk about the Bible. Okay, let's start that over then. Well, I thought this was good. Let's get started. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You would think that we'd be good at this. I should do some research about how to do a good introduction. I think that was fine. (laughs) Once again, we welcome you back. We hope that you're having a good week. Hope you listened to last week's episode on the Son of God. Because this week we got a doozy. We got a good (laughs) one. I'm excited for it. And there's a lot in it, but... Oh my goodness. Yes, we're talking about the Son of Man. The Son of Man, not the Son of God. Like last week, this week is the Son of Man. Exactly. But, you know, as we get into this uh, discussion... I think about, I sent you a video a few weeks ago of a pastor um, in, he might be in New York, uh, but he talked about, I think he talked about John 3.16, but then he was also talking about the Son of Man and talking about how Jesus never actually called himself the Son of Man, but was like referring to a future figure that Jesus was trying to attain to and that we all attain to that uh future figure that so this was a heresy then well or what do you mean i think it is but i'm but that is actually a view in liberal uh christianity like rudolf boltman uh a 20th century uh new testament theologian really popularized that that jesus never actually uh called himself the son of man huh. well i take the view that yeah, he does. Well, it seems he pretty did. clear in the Gospels that Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. I mean, I guess obviously there's a way to say he didn't, but it seems pretty clear that he's referring right. to himself as well, the, the Son of the, Man. The, 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 I think with Boltmann, uh, he doesn't necessarily believe that everything in the Gospels is true, historically true. Well, there's your that problem. That a lot of it is mythological. But there's the one verse... Where Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory. Mm, when? Okay. So, it can be taken, well, is Jesus talking about himself? Yes, I think he is talking about himself there. And will, uh, because of what he says later on in uh, at his crucifixion. Or right, like but you'd, trial, you'd say he's talking about himself in the future. Like, when the Son of Man comes in glory, like, when is the future aspect of it? Mm-hmm. That's not negating he's the Son of Man now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because one thing that we have to recognize as we go as we get into this conversation. Okay, well, we're gonna we, we want to talk about what does this mean? Why does Jesus use this particular phrase, mm-hmm. uh, and and so on? But as we get into this conversation, as Jesus uses it, 
we have to recognize that uh, this is what's called a circumlocution. And I think this is something that we talked about last season when I was mentioning things about the speech act theory. But th but quite simply, it, it means that it's a word that is projecting a, a, a different meaning. He's using that phrase to refer to himself without actually drawing attention to himself. Right, yes. So he's, Right, he's using an Old Testament... Well, let's just talk about it. He's basically using an Old Testament idea to refer to himself while not saying, I am this person. Exactly. Well, so is that the same as using an idiom or not quite? Oh, well, it's definitely an idiom. Okay. If you haven't know, don't know what an idiom is, refer to our last episode. We talked <laughs> about idioms a little bit there. Right. Uh, but that... I hope, Hopefully that, that idea of circumlocution makes sense where he's using a word that is obviously referring to himself but he's but he's trying not to draw attention to himself by using the, like he's using that term so as not to draw attention to himself uh and 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 i mean that's all that's wrapped up in this whole messianic mystery you know he's not he doesn't want to reveal his identity right uh and there are a number of reasons for that but uh okay jesus calls himself the son of man uh, where's the first place that we go to see that? And and I think it's always <laughs> Jesus is grounded. Jesus's missions, Jesus's name, his identity is grounded in the Old Testament. It's grounded in uh, Israel's history. So and so we go back to Daniel seven. I mean, that's really the only place in the Old Testament canon. I use that word quite specifically right. to say that that is the only place where that where it's used in a definite uh with a definite article uh the son of i think i i think i'm getting that i should look this up. i should have well, while, while you're looking at Daniel up seven right in front of me if i can give a little bit of a sense to this word just i think often we think of the idea son of man and we think we know what it means that jesus was a man as well as god but I think we'll, right, when you get to Daniel, I think we'll really realize that it's way more than just Jesus was a human. So I think we, over, I think uh, sometimes we yes. under, we oversimplify this phrase, son of man. Well, it just means he was human and God. But we'll see when we look at Daniel, there's like, there's way more wrapped up in this. And it actually means, it, like, son of man almost implies the exact opposite of what we think it is. It's not really... Well, well, let's just get into Daniel. We'll, we'll talk about right. it. That's kind of like the bombshell, I guess. We'll, we'll save that <laughs> one for later. Before we get into Daniel 7, and, I, and I'm not correct in saying it's it's being presented with the definite article. And what I mean by the definite article is the. Yeah, it's not the it's son of man. It's a, a son, son of man. man. So that can get us into a little bit of trickiness, but I don't think it should. Uh, because the way that... The, the context in which it's being used... It's, it's most obviously, you know, Jesus is obviously uh, fulfilling this vision. Um, Son of man, like you say, is an idiom, mm -hmm. meaning uh, human being. I know, I, I know that might sound like I'm contradicting yeah. what you said, but I'm, yeah. but I'll explain more. It does mean human being in in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. Like that's a Jewish, yeah, yeah, totally for human being. So when it says in the Psalms. What is the son of man that you are uh, that you are aware of him? I can't quite remember what the wording is, but that means 
what is what are human beings that right. you're mindful of? What, why do you see you see human being there's right. not necessarily a son of man theology that comes out of that that just means human right. being so if i can read back myself up here so yeah the son of man is a human beings but when applied to christ with the reference of daniel it it doesn't really mean human like like it's 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 more than that i think right anyways let's get into uh wherever you want to start do you want to start in peter or do you want to start with with daniel with peter yeah and you say you want to start with peter well i was gonna start with stephen oh stephen sorry well sorry, i was sorry. Uh, with stephen um you know he says behold i see the son of man standing uh, at the right hand something like that there's a reason why they stone him because they he says i see the son of man standing at the right hand of god and they See, that's blasphemy, because they know who he's talking about. Well, that's the only place outside of the Gospels where that, the way that that is used, the Son of Man, referring to Jesus, it's it's in continuity with the Gospels. That's the only place where it's used outside the Gospels. It's used in Hebrews, it's used in Revelation, but I don't think it has the same connotations that it does Mm -hmm. in the Gospels. There's There's a different reason for it. This is, uh, and my question last year was, why does Luke, why does Luke write that Stephen says, uh, that uh, Stephen said, I saw the Son of Man? Why wouldn't Luke just write, oh, behold, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of God? For sure. There's There's all sorts of theological reasons for that and literary connections and all that. Uh, but, uh, but anyways, let's, let's begin at, uh, Daniel 7, where, um, in Daniel 7, verse 9, it's uh, Daniel says, As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery, fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. He, he writes this uh, magnificent picture, or he, see, he has this magnificent vision of God in his glory. Um, and I looked, the beast was killed. So in this... In Daniel 7, there's a beast, uh, there are many beasts, it's killed, uh, the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away. So th- the beasts represent kings, and uh, and, they're, and they're being destroyed, the, their kingship, their, the, their domain was taken away from them, but their lives are prolonged for a to- season to time, whatever that means, doesn't matter for our purposes. But then he saw with the cloud of heaven there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented to him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Well, there are all sorts of things that come out of this. Is, yeah. what, do you want to, what do you want to draw out from that, Drew? Well, I mean... There's so like you said, there's so many things. I guess just to to highlight a bit more on what the passage is talking about. Like so, in Daniel, before there's there's four beasts, right? You said they're all they're all representing of a kingdom, right? So, the Son of Man is coming to basically destroy these these beasts mm-hmm. in a sense for a time, right? Um, one thing I found quite interesting in the whole in the whole whole totality, I guess, of the text is the, the kingdom part at the very end. Um, 
I think that points directly to Jesus in that his kingdom will come. It'll be one that will never be destroyed. We hear that in the gospels. We hear the idea that my kingdom is a kingdom that will is here. My kingdom is here now and it will be forever. Um, and so from that, we can take, we can take the, the phrase one like the son of man coming on the clouds in verse 13. It is point at Christ, but then, okay. So this is pointing to Jesus. Who are the beasts now? <laughs> right. If this is a fulfillment of what's happening later when Jesus comes, well, who, who, when he says son of man, he's articulating back to this, this text in Daniel, who is he talking about? Who are the beasts that he's going to slay now? Who, who is this and why is that important? And I think that's something we have to kind of ask and kind of look at a little bit. Those are really good questions. Right? Because if we if we say that he is the son of man coming to, to destroy the beast like Daniel said, well, who are these beasts? So, you know, that's something that I'm kind of asking, asking you, Perry, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, good questions. But So if I... I guess I can answer my own question if you don't want to, but well, that's I can. Uh... I'll give you my best answer first. How about that? So I take it as, um, like, go back to the garden. Gen like in Genesis, when Adam and Eve are deceived, they're deceived by a, a in air quotes, a beast. Absolutely right. Someone who's not, not in this royal kind of godly, um, well, not God, I guess. So the, the beast kind of deceive, and then the next story, right? Cain kills Abel the beast kind of takes over Cain, right? And we kind of see this thread through, it's basically people choosing the evil, the beast in quotation marks, sin over God's way. And that's kind of the thread. And I think that's what Daniel's kind of saying too, the idea of these beasts kind of represent sin, I guess. That's that's my best kind of interpretation. of. It. And then the son of man is one that's going to step on the snake, mm -hmm. step on the beast. Well, the beast strikes his heel, right? And that we see that prophecy in Genesis. So mm -hmm. I kind of, I think that kind of ties into it. I don't know if that that's kind of my understanding of it. Hmm. I don't know if you have anything to add or take away from that. Well, you're, oh, you're definitely onto something here. And I would take it a step forward to say that these beasts represent uh, literal kingdoms, right? Whatever that means, though. Um, like of the time of da uh, the time of Daniel, you say, or like. Um, the way that or like kingdoms of like like in a general sense okay okay keep going so keep going I, I take it literally but also <laughs> in a figurative sense uh okay this go if we look at if we take it all in context the first few verses or the first few uh, the first six chapters of daniel yeah that's the six chapters that precede this chapter uh, we we have to see the themes that are that are going through Daniel like this, like all things. This is not appearing in a vacuum. Daniel doesn't have this vision all of a sudden, and and you know like there's there, there's right. things building up to it. Yeah. And uh, and so these themes are built into the identity of the Son of Man. And uh, so we see at the beginning of of Daniel one where there. are some of these people taken into exile. Yep. And this is over and over again. They are told to eat the king's food. Mm -hmm. Daniel says, no, can we, can we have our own regimen? They say, yes. 
and God is ex- uh, is God is vindicated. God is exalted because He sustains them right. in that regimen, in their diet. Uh, they're told to worship the statue. I think before that, though, he has a vision. Um, yes, he has the vision of the statue. And the sta- and then he, uh, Nebuchadnezzar has yep. a dream about the statue. And at the end of the dream, there's a, there's a huge stone taken out of the mountain. And it's taken out to destroy this, this statue. Meaning, like each... Each this statue represents kingdoms. Right. Yeah. Now you can take it as this means this kingdom. This means you know people say this is the Persian kingdom. This is the Babylonian. Like these are successive king, yeah. kingdoms. Right. Yeah, yeah. And God is destroying them. I don't have a problem believing that, but I also think there's another way that it's fulfilled in that this represents all ungodly kingdoms. Hmm. And that the mountain. The stone from the mountain is coming to destroy it, and God is exalted. Then they're told that the three blokes, Daniel's friends, uh, uh, Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're told to worship the statue. They don't, and they're thrown into the fire, and God saves them. God is exalted. They're vindicated. (laughs) What's the next thing that happens? Uh didn't know we we're doing an overview of the book of but daniel matters, today though. but no no it's good it's, it's good it's keep going it's so you're on a roll i think it's so important as we understand uh yep. the son of man just keep in mind we have a half hour so uh <laughs> might be a ponder chat just keep going oh, good grief um don't don't miss anything keep going you're doing good i know <laughs> so, i know i'm doing good no 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 i'm not gonna miss anything but the next the next thing that happens is Nebuchadnezzar is surveying his kingdom. He says, look at this kingdom I've built. And he is struck down. He's made like an animal. We right. talked about yep, this we talk- last year. What a, hu- what a real yeah. human is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's made like an animal. And God is vindicated. Mm-hmm. Because he says, I know that the Lord, that Yahweh is God. Right, yeah. So there's this that he's vindicated. I might uh I think in chapter six is when Daniel like they like those goons, the, the goons of the king uh of, of Cyrus, I think, or Darius. His their yeah. goons hate Daniel. Right. So they get the law passed. Right, like the lion's den, right? Right. So he's thrown yeah. into the he, he doesn't give in, he's thrown into the lion's den. He's amongst beasts coincidence i think not no i don't think so and the bible project points that out um but and maybe nt right as well but anyways uh he's thrown into the line then and he survives mm-hmm. god is vindicated there's a theme coming on chapter here. seven <laughs> i'm assuming god's gonna be vindicated in the end god is vindicated but furthermore uh god's people are also vindicated in chapter 7. Because the parallel to this, where the, the, the vision is explained, the exact same things happen, except that the kingdom that was given to the Son of Man is given to the saints. So, within this comes out a, the theme of vindication. Yeah. Actually, how do I list it here? I have it in order. I have I, I, I like I, I tried to put it in a nice order. So 
there's a relationship between the Son of Man and God's people. And there's a relationship in that he's their representative head. In Daniel we're talking right In now. Daniel 7. Yes, yeah. It applies later, but specifically right. Daniel 7. Because yeah. of the parallel here, where there's the, the vision and the explanation of the vision, yep. there's a connection here that the Son of Man represents the people. So that whatever happens to the Son of Man happens to the people. And whatever happens to the people, you know, like there's yeah, this connection. Absolutely. Yep, totally. The people are go through tribulation, but they're vindicated. So they may be persecuted by, you know, ungodly kingdoms, yep. by the beasts who we know are empowered by Satan. Uh, and so that connection you made to Genesis is spot on because that scholars say that's really what's going on here. Right. Is yeah. that the son of man is taking the kingdom as a result of the, the beast being defeated. And right. it's almost like, you know, it, it doesn't say that the son of man did anything to receive the kingdom. Right. It was given to him. Right. After, <clears throat> after he destroys, like that's kind of, God is the one who destroys the beast. Right, but after he destroys, no. But but you're saying God is the one who destroys the kingdoms. The beast brings the beast down, and then the son receives the kingdom. Well, it doesn't say who defeated the beasts. See, I think it. I view it as the 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 son of man, and that's the judgment. That's that's when Jesus returned. That's his judgment. Hmm. That's what I kind of took it as, and so this is the divine judge. So in the so if, can we can we tie it back to the New Testament now? Or do oh you yes. Want, so I'm thinking tie into the New Testament when he says, "I am the Son of Man," talking about himself. He is the Son of Man. He is that one in Daniel. He's the one that's going to come yep. defeat the beasts like he does right on the cross. We see that right now and forever when he returns. Right and he has a kingdom that will not be destroyed right nothing will come against my kingdom right so i think that i mean i know there's probably a lot more we could say about this specific phrase but i mean just that alone the fact that jesus is claiming to be this person in daniel who's going to destroy the beast is huge and it slaps in the face the idea that Oh, it just means his humanity. <laughs> no, it, it literally means the exact opposite. It means, no, he's the one that came before the ancient of days and was presented before him and who the ancient days gave the kingdom to. Like he's, this is a, this is God, right? Like it's a, it's a way higher being than just a man, right? It, it's the, the title is way more significant than it's just Jesus's humanity. It's an exalted name. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not a title of humility, it's a title of exaltation is what it is. I, His identity as God is wrapped up into this because yes, totally. only God is given a throne. Yeah. So this is a divine being in, in Daniel 7. So there's that element. And that's what, so at his, at his trial and they say, are you the Messiah? So they say something like that. And he says, you'll see the son of man in glory on cloud. Right. Like he takes this, this imagery. Right. And they say blasphemy. Yeah, you make yourself God. You yeah, make they, yourself they know exactly what it means, right? They're... So he's not de- like he's not denying that he's right. He's he's saying I, I am God. And so there's that element throughout the Gospels where he's almost. One scholar points out he points this out in Luke, 
uh, particularly um, that w the first time he uses Son of Man is when he heals uh, uh, the crippled man. He says, get up and walk. Right. This this one scholar says, is Jesus really trying to to have all of that Daniel imagery in the background? And part of me is like, yeah, that's true. But the other part of me is he's actually beginning what's going on here hmm. where the beasts are being destroyed. Yeah, I mean, that's destroying the beast the right whole, there. Yeah. We know that everything behind his ministry, like Satan is at work, like demons are like saying are speaking to him and he's yeah. saying, shut, shut up. Yeah. But yeah. He's resisting. He, yes. But he also has that, that element where he's like battling we know that he was battling satan like he was battling the temptation of satan yep, throughout his whole ministry sure. yeah well and uh and, and so that that whole element of the the cro jesus was a jesus was a passive player in his crucifixion right where he took his cross but he was be almost being forced into it he submitted to it right and I mean, so, sorry, go keep on. My 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 thought here is, because of this obedience, he was given. To him was given dominion and power right. and a kingdom. A kingdom. Because of what Colossians says, he defeated. The principalities and powers of the cross. Right. So there 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 is an element here where I think this vision has been, the the fulfillment of it has begun. But it's not, uh, yeah, it's not and complete, And it's going though. to be completed at the end when he's yes. given the fullness of the kingdom. Yes, I would agree. So to push back on what I said earlier, um, and tie it back to Genesis, right? Adam and Eve were the, the vice regents, right, of the earth, right? And they were... Yeah, God's kingdom. Queen. Yeah, of God's kingdom uh, creation. They failed. They got kicked out. And Jesus being the son of man... Once again, his humanity, the human there, is now taking that spot and mm -hmm. is is going to rule and is ruling. And so I think that's just kind of interesting, the parallel of this phrase does not mean, like, it's both end. It is, he is the perfect human. He is a human, but there's more wrapped up because he's also God in the phrase. So I think, I don't know, maybe I was too harsh on saying <laughs> son of man doesn't mean his, his humanity because that is an important aspect of right. it. A human had to take that spot and no one was good enough until christ came right and the fact that he did defeat in his life and his death the the beasts that that that's why he actually can take that throne son of man indicates both his deity and his humanity because it means human being but there's so much wrapped into it yeah totally other yep. than oh he's talking about his humanity yes i guess he, that's what i'm trying to the, say yeah he is the true human being yeah uh that came to defeat the beast so what does that have to do with stephen well when stephen saw the son of man when he saw jesus that the reason that that for that that the that it's the reason that it's phrased in that way is that it's it reflects so much. stephen's trial and execution i mean he was stoned he wasn't crucified but it reflects so much. It parallels the cruci the trial and the death of Jesus, where Stephen went into it willingly. Right. In the mm -hmm. this is so interesting. 
at the end of I need to just read it because I hate paraphrasing because then I go back and read it and I was like I'm an idiot because I didn't say it correctly um, at the end of his trial uh, he says you're stiff necked you know you, you need to repent all these not lo- wonderful things that he said <laughs> to the Sanhedrin and when they heard these this is verse 54 in Acts 7 seven coincidence i think not now when they heard these things they were enraged and they they ground their teeth at him sounds like a beastly thing to do exactly (laughs) i'll just fill in the blanks over here (laughs) and so when they see the son of man or when he sees the son of man he's reflecting what jesus said at his trial that you'll see the son of man in glory Mm -hmm. you'll know that he is who he says he is yeah and they're enraged by it their hearts are hardened by it. So in that, that the the significant, I I believe my my contention yeah. is that it's your podcast. Be, <laughs> you tell us what you believe. My contention is that Stephen is part of the the people of God that are spoken about in Daniel seven, and so mm. because of that, he sees the Son of Man, who is his representative, his king. And because of experiencing tribulation, just like his representative head, he also experiences vindication. Just like totally. just like his king who experienced vindication uh, when he was raised from the dead. I would agree with so, you 100% actually on that. Actually, I would. I, I do agree with what you're saying there. So what does that mean for the church then? Like if... Is that, is that our desire then? Well... In some sense, it is to we die, are, like to to follow in Christ, to be vindicated. Absolutely, right? we're following in the footsteps of our King, the Son of Man, and we'll be vindicated. From what? Like well, from we'll our be, sin, we'll be vindicated by Him. Right? We'll, he'll say, "You are mine. Yeah. You are my people." Whatever these people said, yeah. What whatever the kingdom of darkness said. You are my brothers and sisters. Yeah. You are my people. Yeah. We will be declared. We we will be. It'll be that eschatological, that final justification. Yeah. Where we are said, we are declared righteous. That's what vindication is. Right. I think. Yeah. I think vindic. I think. I think the New Testament speaks much more about vindication than justification, but. That's a whole different conversation because we're out of time. That's okay. That That is such a nice place to end, you know? Hey, like, the Son of Man will come, has come, and will come again to vindicate his people. Yeah. that That's a beautiful promise. I need to get this out here. I really want to speak about this, like, in an evening thing. So I'm just, I'm just like, trying. I'm taking the opportunity now to get that little blurb in. The vindication thing? <laughs> no, no, no. To speak about like the Stephen and the Son of oh, Man, yeah. I would love because it's just so beautiful. Yeah, totally. And it's so relevant. Totally, and so, it's wrapped up in this title, Son of Man. Exactly. If we don't understand it, like like we just think it's a, it's a title to show Jesus' humanity. We missed out on this beauty of what it actually means, and to our Amen. to our shame, I guess. Well, yeah, to our shame. You can say <laughs> to our detriment. A little there. We would do well to look into the Son of Man and actually fully understand what it means. Amen. All right. Well, do you want to 
wrap it up for us yeah i'm on it well thank you one and all for listening to us again we hope you enjoyed this episode and we would appreciate if you'd like and rate us and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts as that does help us uh go further and more people listen uh leave us a message on facebook let us know what you think of this this title son of man and how how you've kind of heard about it or if you thought this was beneficial or if you disagree with us or whatever we'd love to hear from you either way anything else you had to add perry until next week keep pondering